Marcus, where are you? Marcus? Tom, Tom, I'm down here. I'm down here. Don't where? I can't see you, Marcus. I'm down this hole. Come on down. What? Whoa! I know it's rubbish. Hello, and welcome to Modern Art is Rubbish. Uh, are you all right, Tom? Uh, I think so. Yeah, you seem a bit confused, but let's work out. What episode number are we? Hang on, let me work it out. Right, so four times five is 12, and four times six is 13, and four times seven is, I think we're episode number 58? No, no, 57. we're 57. It's Heinz's oh, Beans's. I'll never get to 20 at that rate. Are you confused? Uh, no, never been more clear in all my life. <laughs> <laughs> well, as you're wondering what we're doing actually underground down the rabbit hole, is because today we are going to be talking about a news item and then, of course, another thing that was in the news about Alice in Wonderland. So I thought we might as well go down here into the rabbit hole and check it out. So are we going to actually meet Alice herself? Uh, no, but I've managed to employ Alice to do the... Uh, the advert for the subscriber thing this this week. I was I was in a negotiation with Alice Little herself. All oh, right, yeah, not her management. No, not her management. Even though she's been dead for nearly a hundred years. Yeah. But. How how old was she when she died, Alice? She died at age eighty two in nineteen thirty four. So, first up, I've got a couple of interesting Alice facts which aren't really to do with art. But, do you know originally it was uh, the, one of the working titles for Alice's book was Elfland. Okay. Alice in Elfland and Alice Among the Fairies. Or Alice Among the Goblins, I was looking at. That was one of some of the titles it was going to be. Nice. You're still looking a bit confused. I think, should we get to our first story? Yeah, these just sound like um, concept albums. (laughs) Well, Tom, we've got a problem. In order to get to where I want to talk to you about our first story, can you see that little green door there? That little tiny door. Uh, can you point to it? Because yeah, my eyes there. aren't that good. Oh, yeah. It's t- we can't get through there, though. Yes, we can. Can you uh, look over there on a the table? There's a. Uh, I don't know. How do you feel about drinking uh, lic- unknown liquids that simply have the words drink me on them? Um, bring it on. <laughs> well, should we do it then? Let's drink it because we've got, we've got <laughs> to get through that door. And I seem to remember that that might be the way through it. All right. Okay, yeah. shall I go first? Yeah, you take a swig first. Oh, oh, let's have some. Oh, this is a bit. Oh, oh this feels peculiar. What's going on, Tom? What's going on? This is a shrinking noise. Make the shrinking noises. It's a noise. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh my god! Oh. <laughs> We're tiny. Right. Okay. Should we go through the first door, then? Let's do it. Oh, 
are we, Marcus? We're in a gallery. But it's empty. Well, not quite. Anyway, this is our first news story. The gallery seems to be pretty empty at this time of lockdown, but there's one artwork that's been going on irrespective of the gallery being empty. And if you look over there, you'll see a man sitting there, and his name's Tim. Now, this is a work that was started in 2011, and it was by the Belgium artist Wim Delvoye. And basically, if you look over there, that guy is sitting down. He's got an artwork tattooed on his back. And it's got a religious flavour and it features the Virgin Mary and a Mexican-style decorated skull. And basically what happened was the work was completed in 2008, the tattoo on this guy's back, and it was sold for €150,000, of which Tim, the uh, guy that uh, Wim Delvoy is using, took a third of the money. As part of the contract, when Tim dies, the work will be removed from his body and stretched on a canvas. But for now, he's required to sit in the gallery at least three times a year. And he's sat in galleries all around the world. And the actual performance art is called Tim Alone. And currently, where we are now, it's on at the Museum of Old and New Art in Tasmania, Australia. And uh, there's actually a live stream of that, Tom. So if any, we'll put that up so people can listen to it. We'll listen to it and watch it. So this guy, Tim, he's essentially, he's being paid to be a canvas. Yes. The work's called Tim Alone, but Tim just happens to be a canvas for Wim Delvoy's work. I imagine he must like tattoos anyway. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If he didn't like tattoos, he's, he's going to have to get used to them. Because it was quite, obviously, took quite a long time to uh, get finished. Stop it, guys. What are you doing? I don't want a tattoo. (laughs) Where's he from, this Tim? Uh, I think Tim's European, but I don't know where he's from. But I did actually listen to an interview with him. And apparently he had to do a lot of stretching, a lot of exercise in order to be sat for all all that time during the day. Sure, yeah, I can imagine. It's not bad, though, isn't it? Because you're paid to sit around and do nothing all day. Um, yeah, I guess it would be an alright job. I, I mean, it's quite interesting sat in an art gallery being an artwork. I guess it's kind of, it, it humanises art the way most artworks, a lot of artworks fail to do. Yeah, definitely. I can see exactly what you're saying there, Tom. It's about the person and the art as well. Yeah, absolutely. And our lives becoming art. You know, that was the, the thing of the fluxus. Everything is art. Everything we do is art. Yeah. Where does Tim end and the art stop? And start. I don't know what I'm saying now. Oh my god, we've really gone down the rabbit hole with this one. <laughs> <laughs> right, Tom, we've got a problem. Okay. To get to our next story, we've got to go through that huge door over there. As we're only tiny at the moment, I don't know how we're going to open it or get through it. Let's just go. We can get. I can get under there, man. I can get under there. No, you can't. well call houston (laughs) houston we have a problem (laughs) i think the only way we're going to open the door is i've brought along some suspicious magic cake that says eat me i mean how do you feel about eating suspicious magic cake well, you know I'm a type 1 diabetic, Marcus. Oh, oh no, I feel bad. <laughs> well, I, I could have a small bit. Yeah. Would that be enough? All right, okay. Well, I'll have a whole bit. You do realise I'll be a lot taller than you? Well, you are anyway. You? <laughs> <laughs> okay, right, well, let's have an eat a bit then. 
I'm breaking my sugar band, by the way, for this, for this podcast, for you listening. I hope this works on the clothes, because I, I don't want to be naked going through this door. <laughs> <laughs> well, right. Oh, Tom, Tom, I'm, make, your, make your growing noise now. Whoa! You sounded like your. You sounded like Jamie, your son. All right, he only drinks milk at the moment. Oh, he doesn't eat magic cake. Yeah. <laughs> no. There's plenty of time when he goes to university. Anyway. Um. <laughs> right. Okay. Should we go through the door then to the next story? Okay, let's do it. Yeah. Shall I lead the way? Yep. Whoa, where are we now? Well, Tom, actually we're in Central Park in New York. And we're just in front of the Alice in Wonderland statue that was built by the American sculptor Jose de Creft in 1959. And it's a life-size Alice in Wonderland bronze sculpture. She's sitting on giant mushrooms. And to one side of her, there's a life-size mad hatter and a giant white rabbit who's actually bronze, so he's not white, and he's looking at his watch. And that's a really famous statue. It's in the middle of uh, Central Park in New York, which is where we are now. Yeah, excellent. It's good to see it's safe, Tom. Basically, the reason why I'm here, we're here, is because in mid-April of this year, New York police seem to have prevented an attempt to blow up the statue. Now, what happened was, allegedly, I have to say, a 30-year-old Kevin Fallon, who's been arrested, sent a text to his family and friends saying that he wanted to blow up the statue. And he also threatened his father and his ex-girlfriend, allegedly, sending them photos of a pipe bomb and photos of ammunition. And it came with a threat, advising them to look both ways before they crossed the street. Also, he wanted to blow up a loved one with a wristwatch, which was attached to an explosive device. Quite ironic, isn't it, the reference to the wristwatch and the uh, white rabbit not wanting to be late. Okay, so this guy... Yeah. Who wanted to blow up the statue? Allegedly, was he, uh, allegedly, yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of like, uh, has he just lost the plot? Like, uh, it kind of reminds me of um, John Lennon's murder with the catcher in the rye in the pocket. Yeah, there's an element of the Mad Hatter about him. I think it's completely random, isn't it? It's not known why he wanted to blow up the Alice in Wonderland statue. All right, yeah, but he also threatened other people as yes, well. Yes, yes, and he also threatened to blow up his loved one with a wristwatch attached to an explosive device. Well, he's got it in for his loved one, so... Yeah. I was saying, is the Alice in Wonderland motive lying behind his loved one somewhere? I don't know, it's strange, isn't it? It's it's curiouser and curiouser. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, a short advertisement break. What's this? Curiouser and curiouser. Why, it's two bottles with a label on each. But which shall I choose? One label reads, drink me, and the other reads, subscribe to me. Let me see. Hmm. Well, this is easy. An absolute no-brainer. For if I subscribe, I shall also receive a free downloadable turtle artwork. Why, thank you, modern art is rubbish. 
So just head over to modernartisrubbish.com and subscribe to our email list to get your free artwork and to be updated on the latest Modern Art is Rubbish news. So Tom, as we've brought up the Alice in Wonderland statue, I thought I'd have a look at some of the illustrations in Alice and just have a brief look at those as well, just for the uh, end of the podcast. Oh, have we got time? I'd like to get a coffee. Yeah, get a coffee. Yeah, we'll go to Central Perk. Is that what it's called? That's the uh, Friends Cafe, isn't it? Oh, is it? You've only seen the cat version of Friends, haven't you? Yeah, I haven't seen the other one. I, I did say that when I watched the cat version of Friends, I thought I'd like to watch Friends, but then someone said it's not with cats, it's with people. Yeah. So... What I've done is I've taken a, a few uh, of the illustrations, looking at the illustrations of uh, Alice in Wonderland, and I thought we'd just take a quick look at them. So the first person to illustrate Alice in Wonderland was Sir John Tenniel. Um, when Lewis Carroll was writing the book, he tried to illustrate him them himself, and he wasn't quite up for the task. So basically he asked uh, Tenniel. Now the reason he knew about this uh, illustrator was because uh, Tenniel was an illustrator in the political satirical magazine Punch. We're talking what mid nineteenth century or something. We're talking yeah, sort of like eighteen sixties that kind of period. Yeah. So what Lewis Carroll likes about Tenniel's works is that his works are very grotesque in Punch, and the characters in in Alice have got that kind of like slightly endearing quality about them. They're all black and white and line drawings in pen and ink. They're endearing, but they're also slightly nightmarish. Yeah. And I think that's what made them so popular. So, what happened was that the original edition came out in 1866. Earlier on, there was a print run of 2000 made, but they were all but destroyed because the Tenniel didn't like the way they were printed. So, so basically, Tenniel said, I don't like the way the illustrations are, and Lewis Carroll went, well, okay, will get them all destroyed. And apparently there's only about 22 in existence now of the first edition. So he was a bit of a prima donna, Tenniel. I don't know. I don't know what his his view was, but it's quite amazing that Lewis Carroll said, okay, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll recall them all. So that wasn't very cheap. But those, if those books, I mean, they're worth a lot of money, a lot. Someone tried to sell one for over a million dollars. Wow. Yeah. Now, do you want some Tenniel facts? Uh, Yes, please, Marcus. Tenniel facts. Fact one. In his illustration, he shows Alice as having long, light-coloured hair, but the real Alice Liddell actually had short, dark hair. Hang on a minute. Alice Liddell, she she was a real person, was it? Was it uh, someone the author knew, a relative or something? Yes, yes, it was. Fact two. He was also the first illustrator and cartoonist to ever receive a knighthood, and that was in 1893. Fact three. This is something that shows something about his saying about his character. He was actually virtually blind in one eye, and the reason was that he was fencing with his father when he was younger, and his father accidentally uh, injured him in the eye, and he started to go blind, but he never told his father... Because he didn't want to upset him. Well, I guess you just you just got to get on with it. Stuff happens in life, doesn't it? Tenniel facts. Now, there have been other famous people that have done uh, versions of Alice in Wonderland. 
Tove Janssen being one. Tove Janssen, who's done the Moomins. And also, Salvador Dali was asked by a publisher in 1969 to illustrate an edition containing 12 drawings. And on the cover, an original signed action in the front. They actually are so sought after now. Uh, I went on the line to see how much they, they sell for. It said here, you can buy one for £8,259.23. So, I mean, looking at these, because we'll put, put links to the Dali ones and we'll put the other ones up. Um, Dali's done a very, very different take on the, on the work. I mean, I'm looking at his Mad Hatter's Tea Party. I'm, it, I mean, what it looks like, it looks like a tree with lots of butterflies in it and a melted watch, which the tree is growing up the centre of. Maybe um, Darley thought he himself was the Mad Hatter. <laughs> yeah, well, he was. That's the point, actually. He probably did. <laughs> yeah. That's actually quite probably quite true. It's like, I'm here at the thing and this is my melting clock table. <laughs> so I'm just looking down the rabbit hole. There's a giant rabbit and there's Alice and she looks like she's skipping and she's standing on a big mushroom. And in the top corner, there's what looks to be a cricket or a dragonfly with its, without its wings showing. Yeah. When you were falling down that rabbit hole, did you feel that this was the same feeling? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. And finally, in advice from a caterpillar, we've got the caterpillar sitting on a mushroom. There's a drawing of a green caterpillar and then there's a giant sort of like spirit of a caterpillar appeared. A sort of shadow of Alice with a skipping rope again. Now... Would you get advice from this Dali caterpillar? What was the advice about? It depends, doesn't it? Oh, the, so the advice from the caterpillar was keep your temper. That seems sensible in most situations. Yeah. But if I was uh, going to try and overthrow the government or something, you're probably not the person to ask. <laughs> Why are you going to overthrow the government? Well, I don't know. You'd need a bit of a temper to achieve that, wouldn't yeah. you? Yeah. For the record, you are not going to overthrow the government. Well, I don't know why you're so sure, Marcus. <laughs> 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 yeah, I, I certainly would not go to Dali's uh, Caterpillar for advice. Definitely not. Keep your temper is quite good advice in general, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. Definitely He's is. quite quite a wise Caterpillar, as yeah. far as Caterpillars go. Uh, I mean, a lot of Caterpillars are generally quite quiet, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> So, Tom, how did you feel about our visit to the world of Alice in Wonderland and the gallery visit? Yeah, I mean, I'm gen- I'm feeling anxious, if I'm honest, because I'm here in Central Park and I haven't got my passport. <laughs> <laughs> and we're on lockdown. I don't know. How am I going to get a plane? Uh, you know, am I going to be able to get a plane home? I think we could just wake up, apparently, but I'm not sure. Right, yeah. I actually went to New York in a dream once. I had a lucid dream and I ended up in New York. And I actually went into the Museum of Modern Art and they said, that'll be $3.50. And I said, it's all right, I don't have to pay, I'm in a dream, and they let me through. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, it was. Yeah. And then I, uh, I went and saw a sculpture... A, a floating sculpture that was made of an impossible material. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, no, I remember seeing that. 
<laughs> How were you in my dream? <laughs> no, I just dreamt it then, as you told me. <laughs> <laughs> right, so Tom, I think it's just to ask people if you can subscribe to our email list and receive your mock, well, not mock turtle, but turtle art print. And um, join us on our social media, which will put all the links on our webpage. So it's just buys. Okay. Buys. 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 Buys.